Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Donna Rook. First, let me thank you, Donna, for joining us and sharing all of your experiences and your stories and all of your thoughts and ideas today. Well, hi, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited and very honored to be asked to do this with you. Oh, no, the honor is all mine. So (laughs) we'll dive right in. Um, Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Obviously, I know you. We go way, way back. But you can talk about anything that's important to you. You can talk about your history or your education, what you're doing now, what you've done in the past, whatever it is. Sure. Well, you know, it's so funny because I um, had this conversation with someone recently where we were talking about um, being at a conference and there was a room of people and you look around and you wonder how many people in college thought they would be working in the beverage alcohol industry, right? We maybe all Mm -hmm. wish we did, but you know, who, and so it's kind of interesting to hear people's stories, I think, of how they've gotten to where they are. It's actually, I love to hear people's stories. So I thought I'd go back and I'd tell you a little bit about um, my, my past that you might not know about, and then kind of um, how that was my journey to get into national accounts. Oh, I love it. Yes, absolutely. Great. So I grew up in Maryland. Um, I lived in a very, very small town. Uh, it was called Sykesville. It was about 20 miles west of Baltimore and literally maybe 2,000 people. So um, very, very small. Um, and um, actually, it was a great place, really a great place to grow up, a great town. Um, and actually, in 2016, it was named the coolest small town in America. That's so awesome. I love it. There you go. So it's our claim to fame. Um, but it was, it was a great place to grow up. And then, um, I went to school at the university of Baltimore. I graduated with a degree in communications and, um, I was actually the first person in my family to graduate with a four-year degree. So your parents must have been so proud. Yeah, they were. It was good. It was a good feeling. Glad I did it. Um, but when I got out of school, the job climate was pretty grim. We were kind of in a recession and, um, I decided I didn't like the snow anymore and I wanted to go, um, somewhere really warm. And, um, I thought Orlando, Florida, why not? Um, I, I, you know, I had been there. Definitely warm. (laughs) It was definitely warm. Um, but you know, you know, I had only been there once, like when I was nine, but I knew a lot of people who visited there and knew some people who, who worked there. And, you know, I didn't have a job and I didn't have a place to live. But what I knew was I knew how to wait tables and I knew the restaurant industry because I had done it through college. And I thought, what better place to go than Orlando? It's the, the, the mecca for um, the hospitality industry. And so that's what I did. I, I packed up my car, literally packed up my car. I think um, in the back seat was like a comforter. Um, an old stereo and like a black and white TV. Truly, oh my God, bless your heart. <laughs> and, that is um, awesome. Yeah, and in my trunk, like I had my clothes, and they were like stacked up so that I could fit enough stuff in my trunk. And um, you know, of course, my parents were like, you know, if you get halfway down there and you want to turn around and come back, <laughs> come back. Well, you know, you're, you're we're welcome back. And you know, it's 
you know, it's been 25 years now and, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't looked back, but, um, uh, so yeah, so I love it. Yeah, it's true. And, and I got down there and, you know, I got really lucky. I mean, I had, I think in three days I had a job, I had a place to live, my phone, you know, at the time we had landlines, I had a landline, I had my electric and I had, um, two tickets to see Jimmy Buffett on Friday night. So, you know, I was real proud. You were so. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, um, I I took a job at um, a a restaurant called Daryl's. It was on International Drive and it was a part of the Houlihan's restaurant group. Um, And this was really where I learned what it was like to work for a corporate chain restaurant. All of the places that I worked at um, through college were small mom and pop places. There was no training. There was no um, standard operating procedures. There was no um, future growth, you know, how to move up the ranks within a restaurant. And so this was all new to me. It was really, um, it was really cool. I started out as a server. Um, Then I became a trainer. I did all of the scheduling. I moved my way into cocktail serving and then into the bar. And um, great experience for me. Um, uh, Again, kind of really getting into kind of that chain restaurant experience and definitely probably one of the most fun times of my life. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Working there um, back then. Um, But then, you know, Universal Studios was growing and they were opening up CityWalk. They were opening up Islands of Adventure, the new theme park, and I wanted desperately to work for them. And I wanted that experience, especially to be on the opening team. Um, So I just stuck at it. I think I had 13 interviews. Um, I interviewed interviewed countlessly to get in there. It took forever. Um, But I finally got the job um, as a restaurant manager for their full service fine dining restaurant. Um, and, um, what's really cool is it, for me, I got to work with chefs and we yeah. got to help look at the wine and help pick out the napkins and do, um, the bar program. And we actually developed a drink that's still on the menu today. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. There's been it, a lot of change in trends since then. Right. Exactly. And so, um, I went back a few years ago and there were some people there who remembered me that were still there and it was really, it was a lot of fun, but, um, just, just an, an absolute, um, a great experience, um, for me. Um, and then they, I got promoted and I went into what was considered a human resources, uh, position, um, because it was a food and beverage trainer. And so it was considered training. Um, but I was able to train, um, all of the hourly employees up to the director level on all things universal, all things food and beverage. So, um, safe alcohol service guest recovery, food handling, um, everything kind of encompassing when you're a new employee. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was just amazing. It was probably one of the best uh, work experiences uh, for me um, and a great opportunity. Um, But then, you know, life throws you a curveball and I was engaged and my um, got a great job to move to California. And this was kind of, he was a tech guy. So we moved to the Bay area um, and there was really no food and beverage positions out there at the time because it was all about um, tech 
you know, companies and dot coms. And so um, I got into, because of the HR piece and the training piece, I got into recruiting and yeah. And so, you know, very different, I know. Um, But, you know, it really helped me learn that I'm very good at sales. And it gave me um, some of those skills that you learn. I ran a desk. I had account management. And I loved meeting all the people and interviewing them. And again, hearing their stories and then kind of making the matches. So, yeah. yeah. So, again, completely different. um, But something that I'm I'm glad I kind of took that turn. And then, again, another curveball. And um, at the time, now I've got a husband. And uh, his job moved us to Dallas. And, um, I came back down to Dallas and it just so happened that my director at Universal Studios was the vice president for TGI Fridays. And so oh. he said, he said, we got to get you back into F and B. Um, and they brought me on and that really set me on my journey of being in national accounts for the last 13 years. And it wow. came out of moving to Orlando and getting that job at, uh, Universal Studios. That's really cool. That's what I love about this industry, especially, is that no matter what job you move to and what city and you, the people stay the same. Like the jobs may change, but the humans are constant. And I love that because it's such a fun group of really awesome people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know who's going to show up. And, and again, it just kind of tells you, you know, it's, it's amazing how when you make life choices and you move through life, how one choice can then impact you years and years and years later. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we never burn those bridges. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool because everybody in our industry, like when you make those relationships and friendships, truly, it, it, always, it always comes full circle later. When you least expect it, just something pops up and you're like, oh my gosh this is why I'm doing this because I had to get here and this is my stepping stone. So it's really, really, that is fascinating. I didn't know that that's how you ended up at Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. And how long were you at Fridays? Cause that's where we first met was when you were running beverage over there. And I think, I think we might've first met when I came in to do a mixology session back in my Sydney Frank days when I was pushing, pushing the Jaeger and the Casamigos. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So I was there for um, six years. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So fascinating. So I want to know where, um, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but where you find your inspiration to this day, um, obviously your passion for the hospitality business is clear, but where do you find your inspiration and how did you originally discover it? Like what made you fall in love with our business? Yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of things can inspire you, um, you know, over the years. And they probably change depending where you are kind of in your life cycle. But for me, I think there's really two things. I think for me, it's... Um, it's, it's the people, right? So it's, it's, it's understanding um, what people do and the amazing things they've done, um, hearing their life stories um, that can really open your eyes up to new things. Because 
I was, like I said, from a really small town. So for me, when I went to school in like a big city and I got to learn to meet new people and just even eating new things and trying new things, um, that really opened my eyes to new experiences. And that's why I love to travel. And that's why I've moved, you know, I'm open to moving and relocating and, and uh, going to new places. Um, But I think, um, meeting new people and understanding all that makes me like thirstier to understand more. And then it makes me want to grow and learn to be a better person. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And like you said, the people in this industry are amazing. Um, and then I think the second thing for me is I'm a real ideas person. Um, and I think you probably know this because you've had a couple glasses of wine with me and, um, <laughs> You know, if, if I'm having a couple glasses of wine and we're ideating, I get really excited and I get really passionate and I probably can't stop talking about something. Um, but I just love brainstorming and product development and marketing ideas. I love to hear about new inventions and like innovators and like how they innovate. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, a day of brainstorming or a day of drink innovation that energizes me, whereas some people it may not, but to me, it, it energizes me. You know, I couldn't agree with you more because I'm the same way. I love taking something that just like pops into my head and pursuing it and seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah, really you- fun path to walk down. Yes. And you can't let it go. Like sometimes no. I get an idea in my head. I'm like, why did it come in my head? Because this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it'll keep you up at night until you figure it out. <laughs> I know. Okay, I yeah. know. I have, I have a close group of brainstorm buddies. I think I need to add you to that close group. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really fun when you sit around with like, like minds, but different backgrounds and different experiences and what you can create together is just so much fun. I mean, literally that's how the witty group was born for me was, you know, Liz Lister brought me this great idea of doing this like girls trip on crack. And I was like, Oh my God, let's turn it into something bigger, better, but also with like a focus on giving back. Let's do something like that. And that's how the witty group came to be. It wasn't even my idea in its genesis, in its original form. It was completely different. But I credit her because if she hadn't said, oh, Waller, I really want to do this at Sundance, I never would have, I don't know, thought of this whole Mm -hmm. thing that's become like the life trajectory. So yeah, yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from. Yeah, it usually takes a a funnel of, you know, ideas coming in to come up with the one big great one, right? And it's always that, you know, you you need to be around people to bounce some things off. And it's typically something that they say that really gets you to where you need to be for a a, a really truly um, good idea. Oh, yeah. And I just hope I've been able to do that for others, truly, because so so. many people do that for me. (laughs) You just want (laughs) to pay it back, right? I don't want to always be the taker of the ideas. I want to be the giver, too. Um, yeah. 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 So I want to know, um, because obviously everything that I do is, is taking life experiences and building on them and taking even the negative ones and then trying to find the positive trajectory from those experiences. So I want to know if you can give me, and you can give me more than one, but an example of when you turned something that was either a negative force or negative experience in your life personal or professional, and you turn it into a very positive path forward? 
Well, I think, you know, it, it, the, all the negative things that happen are for a reason, you know, I think there's, um, it, it kind of gets you to probably where you need to be. And so, you know, I, I had a, a bad uh, relationship breakup, um, I think, uh, oh, several years ago. And um, it was, it was a big deal. And it really set me on, you know, my, the path that I thought I was going down, wasn't going to go into, you know, it wasn't going to happen. And I, um, at the time, that's when Red Robin actually came knocking on the door and said, Hey, you know, would you like to come and talk to us about running our beverage program? And that really took me to, Hey, I'm leaving Dallas and I'm moving to Denver. And if that, you know, terrible negative breakup hadn't happened, I wouldn't have allowed myself um, to go and take a chance and, and yeah. do something that pushed me um, in my career. And so, you know, to me, I look back on it and I go, kind of glad it happened. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, like, you know, maybe in the long run that that's probably the right, you know, it was probably, again, it was the right thing for me at the time. It, it wasn't, it hurt, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this isn't, this isn't where I thought I was going. And then you go, oh, you know what? I wasn't supposed to go that way. I was supposed to go this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I remember when you went over to Red Robin, I'd love for you to talk more about what you actually did there because you were already like a powerhouse when you were at Fridays. But when you went to Red Robin, all of a sudden, it's like the blocks came off your wheels and you innovated and created and set the bar for new things that was just, I, I was just in awe of you. I was in such constant admiration. I would love for you to talk more about what you did there. You know, I appreciate that. And that means a lot coming from you. And, um, oh, you know, it, 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 you know, it takes a team. I, I was lucky, you know, I had to give credit to um, the great people that I worked with at Fridays and that I got trained under. I got such good training, some of the best training that you can get and worked with some of the best people. And so um, that kind of gave me the tools and the skills when I went to Red Robin. But then I have to really credit that organization for allowing me um, and putting the energy, you know how it is, some beverage programs get very overlooked. And it's mm -hmm. a huge part of profit. And it's a huge part of revenue. And sometimes it, it, it doesn't get um, the attention it deserves. And Denny Post and um, Steve Carley and the, the team at Red Robin they put the energy into it. And that really is what helps because they were behind me a hundred percent of the time going, go, go. And when you have that, yeah, you, I always say, if you, there is so much freedom in a tight strategy. So if you work for a company that knows exactly who they are and where they're going, your job is easy, right? Cause then you yeah. can have a lot of fun and you can innovate in all the right ways to make an impact um, and be a lot, you know, be very successful and reach the guests and um, help drive traffic and, um, you know, uh, do things that help the employees be successful, the team members. So um, I just think it was just a lot of um, synergy, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of support. And yeah. um, I got to just have a lot of fun. And, and, and that's, that's what came out of it. Well, I think to, to be fair too, just from an outsider perspective, and granted, I adore you and I think you're a genius, but from a total outsider perspective, I think that they saw the talent that you could demonstrate and they put their energy behind you. Like 
they knew they had the winning horse before the race. So they yeah. put all their money on that horse. That, not that you're a horse, but in this scenario, <laughs> you are the thoroughbred that just ran away at the Kentucky Derby. So I, I think, honestly, to their credit, they, they hired the right person at the right time and then gave you everything that you needed to just be successful, truly. So there's huge credit to them as well. It, it really is. I mean, it really is the whole, it's a whole situational thing. Cause you know, I've been, I've been a person who's been in a different situation where I couldn't make things happen. And it's because the organization wasn't ready for, you know, for what, um, you know, for, for taking a chance, taking a risk for putting the resources behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have to do that when you want to grow a beverage program. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think, uh, and a lot of times too, it's, 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 it's intimidating because there's so much that goes into it and there's so mm-hmm. much that could go wrong if you're not uh, remaining true to the concept and the brand mm-hmm. and you're not keeping the guest in mind because at the end of the day, you could put out the most amazing thing. And if it doesn't resonate with the, with the demographic, it's just going to fall flat. So right. you, you were, you were really on target with what you did. Um, I loved the canned cocktails, especially. I thought that was so cool. I'm like, oh, she's such a genius. Um, <laughs> but that, that Thank brings you. me to what I want to know next, because I know where you are currently in your career. And I want to know that if you weren't pursuing what you're pursuing, what, and you had absolutely no restrictions, and I asked Lauren Laviola this question too, um, what would you do? for your life well if you had no financial restrictions well you know you know yeah so you're right because you know I'm in a situation right now where I'm in a career transition so I've had a lot of time to think about this um and um I'm not sure if you know but I have a tattoo on my right wrist and it's a Tolkien quote and it says not all who wander are lost and I kind of have always had that wanderlust um attitude and mm-hmm. so there has to be something in there with, with traveling, right. And being able to go anywhere, you know, at any time when I, you know, when I, when I want. Um, and so I love this idea of van life, you know, getting a van and going <laughs> across country and it's like a big deal now. And yeah. so I just, you know, I just, I can see me and my dog in this van and I get to go all over the country and see all of my friends and, and, and see all the different things that are happening. But um, you know, I've also been thinking a lot about, um, as I'm going through this transition is what's really important in life. And, um, I have, since I'd love to almost interview people like you're doing me, um, I just, I've always had, I've had this idea in my brain about interviewing, um, people who are towards the sunset of their lives, you know, people who are, um, in retirement homes that I don't think we spend enough time talking to mm-hmm. and, hearing from them. Um, but I would love to understand like, what would they do differently, you know, or maybe not do differently or what is the secret to life or what are yeah. you thinking about? Like what's made you really happy? Because I see people all the time and you know this, you see them too. They're stressed out. They're working all the time. Work-life balance is, is pretty much nil. Um, or people are attached to their phones and I get, I have this sense of, I get really worried that people aren't living their best lives 
And, um, I just, I think it would be fascinating to do interviews with people and then put them in, you know, uh, pass them down to generations and to younger people who maybe, um, are starting out and tell their stories through a blog or articles or a book. I think that would be, I think that'd be fascinating. So it would be to travel around and to find out what's really important in life. I think that's a great idea. And I think that's something that everybody would want to read too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're right. Cause it's, there's so much that you learn along the way, but it's only with hindsight that you can look back and see what you actually really learned from each individual, either period in your life or experience. And I think that's, that's really cool. I like this Donna in the van. <laughs> yes. Me in the van with my dog. Yep. yep absolutely. absolutely. Oh, awesome. it, it will, it will happen. <laughs> yeah. So point. you mentioned like anything you would, anything that, that the, your potential interviewees would do differently. So that I want to ask you any regrets, anything you wish you could go back and change or something that you would want to change in the future. So yes, in the future, yes. So I, I don't have any regrets. I don't think you can have regrets. I don't think that's a healthy way to live. Um, I think everything that I've experienced, whether it be good or bad, has gotten me to where I am today. I think um, I think a lot of times you can look back and say, "What if? Um, you know, what if I didn't take that job? What if I hadn't gotten married? What if I hadn't gotten divorced? You mm-hmm. know, where would I be?" Um, but I think you have to take every experience and you have to really figure out what was the purpose, you know, what was, there's a true purpose to it. And I believe in that. I believe in like the fate and like the journey. Um, and, and what am I supposed to learn? I always try to ask myself, like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? And then I, you know, recently as I've gotten older, I've been able to separate it and say, this is happening to me because I'm probably not in the right place. I'm probably not happy anyway. I'm probably, there's something going on. And I know that when I come out of it, there's maybe something great waiting for me on the other end. You know what I mean? Typically when I have like a low point or something that's happened, I feel like something great's going to come out of it. And I think if you have that, that, that thought process, you you don't have any regrets, right? Because it's it's there for a purpose. It's because you're open to the change that you know is inevitable, right? right? Because that's the only thing that's for certain is that nothing is for certain. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. But you know yeah. what I would change in the future though, I am, I'm a, um, I'm a little different than probably most people, but I, I don't think of the future as a very fixed destination. I, and I, I, I've always kind of life choices one day at a time. I kind of just go with the flow and I've always had life just kind of come to me and um, it's worked, right? It's, I have lived a great and amazing life. But what I'm realizing now and I'm trying to change is that when you really want something, you have to put it out in the universe, right? You do it through visualization or affirmations and you need to ask, you know, you need to, you need to talk about it. You need to tell people, you need to have goals. And so I'm getting better at that. I'm really trying to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm putting out in the universe what I want because my biggest fear is not regretting doing something. It's regretting not doing something or not, you know, not having an experience. So right. I'm, I'm pushing yeah. myself to be better at, um, at, at putting things out in the universe and kind of having a little bit more um, control over my, my own destiny. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that that kind of comes for, for those of us that agree with your perspective, because I do, I think that kind of comes from, the fear that it won't be accepted or 
it will be admonished or somebody will kind of mock it a little bit and it'll mm-hmm. devalue it right. for you. And you don't want to take that risk. So there's right. that fear of like, this is personal to me. This is something that's important. And if I put it out there and I don't get it back the way that I want it back, yep. how am I going to feel? How is that going to change me? And, and that, I, I like a lot of things that hold us back in life boil down to the fear of the unknown yep. and the uncontrollable variable. But that's also kind of, for me, what makes it a little bit exciting. So, right. and I know that you're in the same way. Right, right. It's very much um, like Brene Brown talks about vulnerability. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's really what it is. I think it's like when you put yourself out there and you start talking about what you want in the future and what, you know, um, it, 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 you put yourself in a vulnerable spot. Like you said, you might yeah. not get exactly what you want. You might not hear what you want. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. It's, it's completely a possibility for sure. Um, well, okay. So next I want to know what you would want the listening audience to know about you. You know, I, I, that's a, that's a hard question, right? I know. Um, Cause you know, I, it's probably not what I really want everybody to know, but I think it's important to talk about. And I think it's something that you and I have talked about recently And that is, you know what? I'm a work in progress. You know, I am continuing to grow. I make mistakes. I fall down. I feel bad about myself. I'm hard on myself. Um, And I have to really rely heavily on my network of my friends, my family to help me from time to time. Um, I desperately want to be independent, very much like you. I I don't like to ask for help, but I'm learning that you need to ask for help from people. And that's why they're in your lives. And I think it's important for people to understand that like it's and be comfortable with asking for help or understanding that, Hey, everything that you see on social media, maybe is not real life. Right. I mean, not always rosy. And we always, we put up our little, you know, facades of I am a happy rosy person all the time. And, you know, it's like, Hey, I have down days too, you know, and it's, you know, I have to really work at it and I'm having a great time right now. I'm working on myself, um, you know, reading, I'm doing meditations, giving gratitude. I'm learning, I think what my work-life balance will look like kind of moving forward. And, you know, Christy, I just, I haven't arrived yet and I don't, I don't want to, right? Like I, I want to continue to keep working on myself and, um, and just trying to be a better person. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally get it. And I think that a lot of times, um, we, when we, what we put out, especially on social media, like, I don't want to put anything negative out there because for me, the idea of social media negativity isn't a very social thing. So yeah, I put out the positive and it doesn't mean that the negative isn't there in life. Of course it is. It's there for everybody, no matter what. However, that only gives you part of the picture. Maybe the majority of the picture, it may be very little of the picture, but I think the more positive you put out there, the more positive that returns to you too. And I think that's why a lot of times people shy away from putting anything negative on social media. Oh, no. And I totally agree with that. I just think that it needs to be other avenues um, like the witty conference um, that um, you've created this amazing conference for women to, to get together and to talk about 
again, maybe, you know, things aren't always rosy or positive all of the time, but you need to have that social connection to work through those things. And it's probably not going to be social media um, necessarily. So I just, um, I think there just needs to be other avenues and, and, and people need to talk about it and be open to talking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And you, I do want you to talk, you talk, you and I had a conversation earlier this week about imposter syndrome. Um, And I think that that is something people are starting to shed more light on that. But I think that it's not, it's a human condition, not a unique or personal condition. Everybody suffers it in their own way. And I would love for you to kind of illustrate what you were saying earlier this week, because I think that there's so much value in that. Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, especially as you work your way through your career and you have a certain level of success, um, there starts to be expectations and, um, you know, what people are ex- expect from you. And um, it's like, um, you know, uh, public speaking, right? Like, um, I, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about public speaking, but I've done it before in the past and everyone's like, oh, you're so good at it. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I struggle with it. I'm not good with yeah. it. It takes a lot of energy out of me. And so like, that's where you start feeling like this imposter where people start going, but you're so good at this and you're so good at that. And you're like, well, I was good at that. Like two out of four times, that was like a 50%, <laughs> right? Like, but they didn't see the failures. And so you start, you start getting this whole idea of like, People think something of you and you start going, well, gosh, am I really that? I can't live up to that. I don't know how to live up to that. And so then you start feeling like an imposter in your own skin, in your own, as your own self. And it starts, you start questioning yourself and you start questioning how people view you. And what am I doing to make people view me like this? And so, um, I I think, I think that was the, the, the gist of the, of the conversation, but I know that you had some things that you said too. Oh, yeah. No, because I, I truly believe that we are always most critical of ourselves because, right. you know, we spend so much time th- in our, inside our own brains, you know, majoring in the minors, as I always like to say. Yes. Um, but I think that that's kind of where it comes from is, you know, everybody else sees the polished result, right? But they don't see right. the the just the process that we go through mentally and the turmoil and the Am I good enough? Am I saying this right? Am I, you know, in my case, am I cursing too much? (laughs) All of that stuff. But it's just, it's authentically you, right? Just always, if you're always open and you're honest and you're authentically you, then it kind of, it kind of helps you through that because it's, like I said, it's not unique to one particular person. It's something that we all have suffered at different points in our lives. And it's something that we all have to get over too. Right. Yeah. And I like having a name for it, right? Imposter syndrome. Like we now have, we can now name it. Like at least it's been named. It's been pulled out of the closet. It's there. Right. I know. <laughs> now we can look at it dead in the face and be like, I'm not afraid of you, imposter syndrome. You <laughs> don't scare right. me anymore. <laughs> that is that is absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want you to tell um, everybody how, if they want to talk to you, reach out to you, learn from you. Um, engage with you, how can they reach you? So LinkedIn is the best. And so it's um, Donna um, Rook and the last name's R-U-C-H. Reach out um, through LinkedIn, connect with me if they have any questions or just want to talk about imposter syndrome or anything else. (laughs) Right, right. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much 
for being my guest and for letting me interview you and ask you all these questions about your life. And I'm really excited to learn more about my friend. And thank you so much for everything that you do to support and empower other people in our business and for being a part of the witty group and a part of my personal dream come true. And thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, thank you. And congratulations on all of your, your success. Um, you're a real inspiration to, to us. And I'm really grateful that I am part of your fabulous tribe of women. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, mixing up the mainstream.